Hello, and welcome to The Game Show, Outcasting's LGBTQ plus game show, where we discuss the news, LGBTQ facts, and more. The format is very simple. Each contestant will prepare three questions on three separate topics and take turns posing and discussing these questions with the other contestant. The person who correctly answers the most questions, or cracks the best jokes, is the official Outcasting supreme leader of LGBT facts and puns. Today's edition of Outcasting's Game Show is a smackdown between me, Lucas, and my good friend Chris. Chris, are you ready to be destroyed today? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because on the last two game shows that I competed in, I lost both of them. So Chris, let's start with your first question. Okay. In 2019, the first openly lesbian contestant competed in the Miss Universe pageant. Which country was she representing? Was it A, Laos, B, Myanmar, C, Cambodia, or D, Vietnam? Um, I don't think it's Myanmar, so I'm going to go with C, Cambodia. Uh, I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. The correct answer was B, uh, Myanmar. And I apologize in advance because I'm definitely going to butcher this name, but Sui Zin He, who was 21 at the time, represented Myanmar, where same-sex activity is still illegal. She came out a few days before the pageant, and she definitely knew that her coming out would have a big impact on the pageant and the like community in general. So I think it's really great that... Even though uh, same-sex activity was still illegal on where she came from, she came out like right before um, she competed in the pageant, which I thought was really good for her. Well, I am sad I got the question wrong. I do think it's really great and brave of her that she came out right before she was supposed to go on stage. Okay, moving on to my first question. Before the age of Federer, Nadal, and the Williams sisters, star tennis players often had day jobs that they returned to after their sports careers came to an end. Renee Richards, the first transgender athlete to play in any of the tennis grand slams, retired at the age of 47 and has since returned to her day job. What is it? Is it A, dentist, B, physical therapist, C, ophthalmologist, or D, endocrinologist? Well, to me, all of these jobs like seem too stressful just to be a day job. I don't really know where to go with this, but both of my parents are physical therapists, so I'm going to have to go with B, physical therapist. Ooh, and you would be incorrect. The answer was, in fact, C, ophthalmologist. I don't even know how to spell ophthalmologist. I bet that changes your perspective on what athletes can and can't do in their free time. I guess so. I bet Renee Richards is a very accomplished, powerful woman. Yeah, I'm sure she is. The U.S. Tennis Association originally barred Richards from competing in the U.S. Open as a woman. But in 1977, a judge ruled in her favor, and she was allowed to compete. However, in recent years, she has expressed ambivalence about her legacy and disagrees with the 2004 ruling of the Olympic Committee that transgender athletes can compete after surgery and two years of hormone therapy. I think it's interesting that even within transgender athletes, the debate over their participation in sports still remains very active today. Yeah, I um, personally haven't seen a lot of transgender athletes, at least in like the Olympics or uh, major sporting events that I watch. And I think it's really important that, especially in like major sporting leagues, there should be more representation within the LGBTQ community because I haven't really noticed um, much representation. 
we're getting there, you know, but like in sporting leagues, it's like next to nothing, the movement that has started. But I feel like we're on a good path and eventually we'll have a nicely integrated uh, sporting competition. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Chris. I really would like to see more transgender and LGBT representation in the sporting community. Okay, so before we move on to our next question, I want to do a quick point recap. So following along the tennis strain that we have started, the score is currently love all, or 0-0 if you don't follow tennis frequently. (laughs) Okay, so let us continue with your second question, Chris. Okay. Fitbit and Curry's PC World released a ranking of cities based on their well-being of their citizens across categories such as living costs, gender equality, and safety. What cities scored the best in the category of LGBTQ acceptance? Was it A, Vancouver, Canada, B, Rotterdam, Netherlands, C, Oslo, Norway, or D, Reykjavik, Iceland? You know, I know the Netherlands is known as a very socially liberal place, but I think I'm going to go with C, Oslo, Norway. That was actually incorrect. The correct answer was D, Reykjavik, Iceland. The top five cities for best LGBTQ acceptance were Reykjavik, Amsterdam, Rotterdam, Montreal, and Toronto. And last of the 77 cities included in the list was Jakarta, Indonesia, coming in just behind Moscow, Russia. Interesting. I guess I should have stuck with my gut and said the Netherlands. Yeah, you definitely should have. (laughs) All right, so moving on to my next question. Following the legalization of same-sex marriage in Northern Ireland this year, the first same-sex couple got married in Northern Ireland on February 11th. In what strangely named town did they hold the ceremony? Was it A, Carrickfergus, B, Castle Caulfield, C, Corky, or D, Craigavon? Well, I have no idea how to pronounce all of these names except for one, so I'm going to go with that one, which is B, Castle Caulfield. Ooh, and sadly, you would be incorrect. The correct answer was, in fact, A, Carrickfergus. I love that name. I'm naming my first child Carrickfergus. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin Peoples and Sharni Edwards were the first same-sex couple to be married after six years together. Same-sex marriage had been legal in the rest of the United Kingdom since 2014, but political paralysis stalled the update of policies in Northern Ireland until this year. But luckily, these rights were extended to the people of Northern Ireland, and Robin and Sharni are currently living their life together happily. Oh, that's amazing. I love a good winter wedding in February 11th, even though it's right before Valentine's Day. They couldn't have waited three more days, but it's fine, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's just how they do it in Carrickfergus. Carrickfergus. Mm. So, continuing on the tennis theme, the score is still love, love, love all. Or zero to zero. But maybe that'll change with your next question, Chris. Okay, so in December 2019, a PBS Kids cartoon was rebooted with lesbian moms to the outrage of right-wing Christian group One Million Moms. What show was it? Was it A, Cyber Chase, B, Clifford the Big Red Dog, C, Arthur, or D, Curious George? Well, I know it's definitely not D, because the only person in Curious George is the guy in the yellow raincoat. So I think I'm going to go with C, Arthur. Again, that is incorrect. Ah. The, the correct answer was B, Clifford the Big Red Dog, which was one of my favorite childhood books. I never really watched the show. 
Um, but the same-sex couple was introduced in an episode called The Big Red Tomato slash Dogbot as Mr. and Miss Mulberry, the two moms of a character named Samantha. One Million Moms complained that the show was also not family-friendly, uh, which basically means that there is LGBT content in it. And that's like the major excuse that people use to get certain shows. Like, for example, Disney Plus recently had a show that was kicked off of it uh, because it was not family friendly as well. Yeah, nonetheless, I think it's really nice that Clifford the Big Red Dog, a show that talks about inclusiveness with having Clifford and how he stands out, it's nice to see them take a pro-LGBT stance. Yeah, it's also really nice that um, younger kids are learning about how not everyone is heterosexual or even learning what the term heterosexual is and how people can stray from that. Uh, normativity that they face. Exactly, Chris. And now moving on to my final question, the final question of the night. As of 2019, there are 10 openly LGBTQ members of Congress. In the 2020 election, there is a possibility that we may elect the first black gay congressman. In what state is he running? Is it A, California, B, New York, C, Massachusetts, or D, Florida. Well, I believe I have heard something about um, the first black gay congressman, and um, I feel like I wouldn't have heard of this if it was in California, Massachusetts, or Florida. If you didn't know, this uh, section of outcasting is based in New York, so I'm going to have to go with B, New York. Yes, Mondaire Jones is running in the 17th Congressional District of New York, to fill Nita Lowy's seat. He is in a primary with several other candidates competing for the Democratic nomination in a reliably blue district. Good luck for him. Let's see if I, when I get home, I'm going to look him up and see if I uh, agree with his views. And uh, maybe I'll tell my parents to vote for him. All right, Chris. Now to do a final counting of the points. It is sadly zero to one. And you are the champion here tonight. My first time. Oh, my God. I'd like to thank my parents. I'd like to thank my supporters. I'd like to thank myself, most of all, because I couldn't have done this without myself. And most importantly, my fans. Definitely. Okay, don't get too full of yourself <laughs> right now, Chris. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining me here on today's edition of Outcasting's Game Show. Thank you so much for having me. 